0: everything that's happening in the virtual world including me recording this podcast it's just uh, turned into information it's not noise like burn is talking about that's that's intimate you know how does your partner cross their legs or what do they do you know when they're uncomfortable like the gestures the behavioral stuff it's just information it's reduced to zeros and ones Uh, So it's actually written. It's a code. Consciousness, the notion of the self, personality structure, transactional analysis, symbiosis, Zen Buddhism, teacher student, relationship, training yourself in how to think. To subvert is to undermine the existing system of inscribed power and authority. What's happening in the digital space? The virtual world. Much of us live in a hyper stimulated present where language itself has become the info currency in the sequence of corporate capitalism. The injunction of the virtual world is. The gatekeepers of our speech and written word are global tech monopolies. We cannot transcend or go beyond our lack through craving. What are we going to do? How are we going to live our life? The Subversive Therapist is about what the virtual world is doing to us and what we can do about it. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. On this episode, I want to talk about intuition as it relates to... The personality structure that transactional analysis provides, and of course, our relationship with the virtual world. So, one thing off the bat here um, that I don't think I've said on the podcast is a fundamental issue with digital communication, whether it's email, text messaging, you know, status updates, uh, Facebook posts, that kind of thing. Is um, that the receiver of that information, which is technically you know writing zeros and ones, it's all code uh, on the machine, is we have the actual the factual information, but we don't know the state of mind of the user or the person sending it. So the receiver has no clue. If they're in the parent-adult-child state, I mean, upon reflection and analysis, sometimes you can get that information. But what's interesting about human beings is not the information, uh, but the noise. So that's what I want to kind of talk about. Uh, And Eric Byrne wrote a lot about intuition, of course, communication, some of his earlier writings uh, that I want to pull from. So he says... um, in his book on intuition, which is a collection of essays um, and journal articles, in interpersonal communications, quote-unquote noise is for, is of more value than, quote-unquote, information, since in such cases it is of more value to the communicants to know about each other's states than to give, quote-unquote, information to each other. So with messages were conveying information but there's much more noise in the person's body language, their verbal, uh, or not? excuse me, their nonverbal expressions. You know, what do they do during pauses? Do they move around a bunch? Do they fidget? It gives you a sense of what's actually going on um, inside the person. So let's talk a little bit about intuition. So intuition is really knowing without understanding how it is that you know something uh it's thinking with your gut more so than with your your brain uh it's not as cerebral and burns says intuition has to do with automatic processing of sensory perceptions it is primarily neither aesthetic nor intellectual although it may be secondarily elaborated along these lines so it's about sensory perception meeting uh based on your senses so if a therapy client walks into my office and they're six foot eight i have a different bodily experience sensory experience than if an eight-year-old girl who's you know three feet tall walks into my office uh so it's sensory contact and of course with the virtual world we don't actually have that sensory contact or it's an illusion like um, with uh, facetiming or video calls and different things and in the majority of those I would guess um, you don't see the full body you usually just see the the kind of portrait of a person you know the shoulders the the head uh, that kind of thing so I my suspicion is that Uh, In general, in kind of Western society, American society, we're not um, using intuitive kinds of thinking or uh, knowing. It's all rational. It's all intellectual forms of knowing, whereas a three-year-old will say, you know, I think it's going to snow today or it might rain today. Of course, they're not necessarily right in those uh, (laughs) predictions, but they're using intuition. They got a gut. They're not looking at the weather app when they're making that um, observation. So the, so intuition is part of the uh, child ego state that I talked about in series one. The adult ego state specifically within the child ego state. So this part is referred to as the little professor in transactional analysis. And it you can understand it as like kids can just sort of read a room and they understand what's going on. Not in an intellectual way, but in their gut, you know, uh, their body can sense what's happening and they can they basically operate that way because they don't have a fully functioning adult and parent ego state. So they rely exclusively on intuition. For example, um, my three year old, when he was still two, two and a half, I remember we were driving somewhere and we'd been driving for a little while and he said, where are we going, dad? (laughs) <laughs> it just dawned on me that this kid gets into, a, well, in my case, a massive, uh, dangerous vehicle, uh, without quote unquote knowing where we're gonna go. He doesn't care. He's just lit in the moment, uh, you know, you know, just chronically in the moment. And so, uh, you know, it's not until about two and a half, three years old they start really grappling with time and before and after it's all just right now right now for better or for worse um you know the other anecdote i have um comes from i guess it was about a year and a half ago um i was getting a new vehicle all, all of my stories are related to cars obviously that's part of the playboy script we'll get into that later um so we're sitting in my partner's car, and her and I are arguing. I might have been hungover or something, but I was irritated, and I was playing a game with her. Uh, and I was trying to convince her, as if I was going to convince her, that we should just go down to one vehicle rather than having two vehicles. Okay, so we're going back and forth, and uh, my oldest is in his car seat behind us along with his, his brother, and it's cold we had just gotten groceries we're sitting in the car and it's pretty clear that we're kind of heated and and disagreeing about this back and forth and after five minutes or so uh, my son I think was four at the time uh, he goes mom mom if you want to get your own vehicle get your own vehicle so he wasn't necessarily understanding the complexities of, you know, car insurance and mileage and gas and what we needed to do. But based on intuition, he was correct. I mean, it's her call. If she wants to get a car or van or whatever. Uh, then just do that. Uh, and so, you know, I've maybe I'm, you know, because I identify with a parent, as a parent, um, I'm seeing things the wrong way. But little kids you know certainly by the age of four they're a full human being they of course don't have all the knowledge of the world but they can function in the world um, none of us can function alone completely but they they are gonna be okay uh, and there's not much I don't think you can change about them. Uh, by the time they reach that age, you can teach them to change things about themselves, but it's pretty solidified, and they're very sophisticated. Is my point uh, because of this? Because they're not so um, they they don't have so much of that parent ego state. Um, you, know, you should shouldn't kind of energy. They'll just say what they understand about the situation with a lot out a lot of censorship. Um Okay, so intuition. It requires bodily contact. This is where, of course, the virtual world uh, can't provide that. It'll attempt to, and the metaverse will be the next step uh, in that process. But two bodies is different than one body hooked up to sensors and feeling like it's connected to a different body. So going back to... Um, some of these definitions of definitions of intuition Byrne says intuition is knowledge based on experience and acquired through sensory contact with the subject without the quote unquote intuitor being able to formulate to himself or herself or others exactly how they came up to this conclusion or these conclusions uh, knowledge based on experience and acquired by means of pre-verbal unconscious or preconscious functions through sensory contact uh, with the subject so again you're knowing without knowing how you know um, and, and let me jump to an example then from uh, Eric Larson I, I read his book The Myth of Artificial Intelligence Why Computers Can't Think the Way We Do um, last fall or something it was a very difficult book to read uh, for various reasons, but uh, he talks about abductive inference, which is basically fast, intuitive thinking, and he gives the example that I think picks up on this um, definition of Halloween. So, so you know without knowing um, that if your friend comes to your house on Halloween and they're brandishing a bloody knife. Uh, That it's likely it's a fake knife and not a real knife. You wouldn't be startled when they walk in with fake, you know, or what looks like real blood on their shirt because it's for their costume. Uh, So this form of intuition he calls abduction uh, is is a kind of conjecture, just like the kid that says, "I think it's gonna rain today." Well, you know, that's conjecture. Like, what what the hell do you know? (laughs) You know, your kid says that, and you're like, "The hell do you?" know about the weather you study meteorology or something you know Uh, With but it's conjecture within a context so if somebody walks in with a knife right now into my office I'm thinking they're going to try and kill me but if it's October 31st and I know the date then I'm like oh that's probably my associate and they're you know playing around with me or whatever Um, so it's a common sense guess that could be wrong Uh, so computers are very bad at these common sense um kind of guesses what i've argued is that they're very uh much the parent and the adult ego states you know algorithms are these binary systems just like the parent is right and wrong good and bad um that kind of thing uh, but it, when it comes to just common sense um they can't do that because they're not a body a machine is not a body equipped with the six, uh, senses, you know, gathering information on the environment. Uh, so when that friend walks in your house with a knife, um, you don't think they're trying to kill you. It's just common sense. Uh, okay. Whereas a a machine, you know, wouldn't necessarily be able to put that stuff together. Okay. So I'm just going to read a little bit of stuff that I've written down about these, um, Subjects, so Byrne defined intuition as the acquisition of knowledge via sensory contact with the object. The person intuiting is not able to explain exactly how they came to their conclusions. And this is a quote from Byrne, in other words, intuition means that we can know something without knowing how we know it. What comes to mind? Uh, feelings, empathy, Machi- and these are my words, uh, machines do not have intuition or common sense and they never will. Machines have limited forms of inference and deductive reasoning capacities. And then I jump to Hahn uh, in one of his books. He puts it more bluntly about machines. Computer processors are faster than a human being precisely because they neither think nor understand. They only calculate. Reminds me of uh, Kate Crawford's book, Atlas of AI. She speaks of artificial intelligence. She says it's neither artificial Uh, nor intelligent Uh, AI isn't artificial because it takes a shitload of material resources, raw materials digging up the earth just like any other industry uh, to build something that's able to do machine learning and that sort of thing and it's not intelligent because uh, just like uh, Eric Larson's book uh, subtitles says um they can't think the way we do. Computers, machines don't have common sense because they're not. Uh, they can't reference a body themselves as a, a state of being, and, and they never will. So, uh, Han goes on to say, algorithms count, but they do not recount. Uh, so think about again information versus noise. Uh, everything online is knowing; it's informational. But it's not a narrative. So if you just list things you did for the day, that's not that interesting. But if you tell a story about what happened based on how you felt and then other people felt and internal experience, etc., cetera, um, that's recounting. And computers can't do that. They can count. They can count information. They make things additive. But there's no narrative. There's no story. So with uh, uh, coronavirus... We just kept getting more and more information just adding to the other information we thought we knew about it Um, but there was no story and there's certainly no story about how to get out of it what to do about it it was just cases and counting it was additive Uh, and I don't think it did anything in terms of people's fear Uh, might have just made things worse so for Han we live in a transparent and calibrated society whereby massive flows of information cripple one's intuitive capabilities to transcend the available data and to follow their own logic. It's like May from the, the novel The Circle. Uh, she would experience a terror whenever she wasn't connected, When she, whenever she wasn't knowing uh, what was happening. So there's another um, section of information I can share here on uh, big data and this is my these are my words here do we mercilessly quantify ourselves or perpetually forget and let go of the idea of ourselves the uncontaminated adult ego state is momentarily empty of conceptual data in this state the person is objective mindful and present but they're also an idiot the adult ego state actively does not quote-unquote know the adult is knowing one does not know the not knowing mind and this is familiar to any buddhist uh, listeners freeing the adult i.e access to it and decontamination of it permits us to examine and flip the life script i was just emailing a friend about this today adult ego state functioning allows one to say to oneself that the critique of the parent ego state i.e. conditioned forms of thinking in the wants of the child ego state or social conditioning feelings and roles played in social systems are not me if those ideas of me are not really quote unquote me who am i I'm, i'm reading a a book right now by ron kurtz uh talking about hakomi therapy and hakomi is a hoppy indian word uh that essentially means uh when you're standing in these many realms who are you or just contemporary question is who are you uh the digital the virtual world tells you everything about you but there's no narrative it's just information so it's this kind of what han calls the quantified self uh never gives you an actual story about who you are it just gives you the details all the information of everything you've done, but no noise, no context, uh, no relational activity, uh, in the bodily sense of it. Uh, okay. So going on here, actively not knowing oneself and yearning for an understanding is intimacy and vulnerability. What is left feelings, emotional sensations of the body that are expressed in our actions, words, and behaviors, but not quote unquote inside our heads. Contrast this mysterious dynamism of the human mind with the reductionism of the online user. The user is adapted to the parameters being provided by digital services, apps, and platforms. We can never wake up relationally to transcend our role within the want mode system. We are unconsciously emerging as a partial personality. This is the idea of symbiosis uh, by way of digitally solidifying ourselves. Um the wanted information about me, for me, is forever stored as data on computer servers. So this, this wanting uh, mode, this is the child ego state, is all libidinal energy. And that's becoming who we are uh, based on this symbiotic relationship with the virtual world. So Han states uh, that big data is turning the id into an ego so the the id in freudian psychoanalysis are uh the sexual energy the drives the death drive the sex drive um that is uh basically sort of locked away is this laboratory of the unconscious that we don't necessarily have direct access to uh, but it's about wanting craving uh and so if what you're wanting is what you're getting online, that party that wants. Uh, if, that's, if that's who you are, then the id becomes an ego. So it's it's the same uh, description. It's just u- using different terms here by Han. Um, but that's who you are, is the party that wants, essentially. Um, the knowledge derived from social communication in the form of big data becomes an instrument for social control, uh, domination. At a primal level of the psyche, so Han says, this facilitates intervention in the psyche and enables influence to take place on a pre-reflexive level. Uh, pre-reflexive means outside of the user's awareness, like the conditioning of a newborn infant or simple consciousness. So, if we're if we're in that state of simple consciousness, then we can uh, be programmed. And manipulated uh, much more easily just like a newborn infant is, is conditioned by everything happening uh, around them because they don't even know they're separate from what's happening um, so essentially the immensity and sophistication of big data is replacing intuition big data is supposed to be freeing knowledge Or this is from Han, big data is supposed to be freeing knowledge from subjective arbitrariness by this logic intuition does not represent a higher form of knowing instead it represents something merely subjective a stopgap compensating for the shortage of objective data in complex situations the argument goes intuition is blind so really the idea is that big data is supposed to uh, make life life easier and simpler um, but but what it's it's amounted to according to Han is that uh, when things are really complex uh, you shouldn't just use common sense like there's a a virus that is um, you know making lots of people sick and die maybe we should you know take some precautions for those people that are more susceptible to it and then for people that aren't likely to die like kids and people that are healthy. Maybe they don't need to be um, mandated to stay locked in their houses all the time. And I didn't plan on talking about COVID, but now that it seems to be dying down, maybe it's okay uh, for me to talk about it. Uh, But common sense, no, you would just look at the data and you would look at cases. Cases are rising. Okay, let's lock our doors. Cases are going down. Okay, That's, that's an algorithmic way of thinking um, based on just thinking with your gut. And by the way, I should say, I think most people thought that way, but they censored themselves about this, especially parents is like, okay, we can't just avoid viruses uh, completely for our children, nor would we want to because their immune system would be terrible. Uh, So let's use preventative measures, but not go crazy uh, with this. Okay, so now I, I jump to uh, talking a little bit about the book The Circle. If you remember, uh, May is this new employee at the Circle. It's like a Google or Facebook with ten thousand employees, uh, and she ascends within the company. Uh, but she's bombarded with information, so she has six computers at her desk. She has, uh, you know, headphones in her ears with a robotic or automated. Uh, voice that sounds like her own that's asking her questions about herself as she's doing all these other activities so basically her adult ego state is pushed out she has no adult ego state access um, and certainly no not the intuitive adult within the child state Um, and what they do is they outfit her with a health monitoring um, smartwatch so they hook her up with a smartwatch and this is in 2013 so I don't that's when it was published I don't know that there were really smartwatches around or certainly not to the technological advancement that they're at now Uh, but so they hook her up with a smartwatch to attend to her body temperature heart rate digestion and general activity of the body and this information is automatically tracked digitized and analyzed for the company to use as a formula for prediction products uh, the objective not knowing of self-data you know, using the adult state uh, is the track data that becomes the quote-unquote product fueling the production of the circle. So May's adaptive behavior represent labor, product, and consumer. So what do I mean by that? Rather than May paying attention to her own body in the moment and noticing, oh, I wonder if my heart rate is up or... Have I had 5,000 steps today or 10,000? Because all that information is tracked and recorded automatically, she doesn't have to exercise that uh, faculty. And the reason that these uh, devices are situated in the way they are uh, is not really to make us safe and health conscious, but it's to create uh, the data packages to sell to third-party advertisers that then sell us products uh, that will approximate you know, us feeling better about ourselves. So Han uh, you know, talks about how the science fiction of the circle, the, the novel in 2013, is now reality. He says the body is outfitted with sensors that automatically register data. These measurements now include temperature, um, blood sugar, caloric intake and use, movement profiles, and body fat content. For Han, this quantified self is tracked even during relaxation periods, such as meditation. The totalization of self-tracking by the individual does not answer the existential question of what it means to be me. You know, the the Hakomi question, who are you? Self-tracking reduces the self to a senseless pile of data. And this is Han again. Moods, dispositions, and routine activities are all inventoried as well. Such self-measurement and self-monitoring is supposed to enhance mental performance. Yet the mounting pile of data this yields says nothing to answer the simple question, who am I? Quantified self, that's his term, empties the self of any and all meaning. The self gets broken down into data until no sense remains. So Han also notes the interconnectedness of advanced telecommunications, which allows for every aspect of a person to be rated and exposed. Uh, and this gets back to the other episode on the digital panopticon. We're completing the circle by constant uh, data acquisition and analysis for the virtual world uh, by constant, constantly uh, exhibiting ourselves and displaying ourselves based on an internal drive which has been mediated by the power of the virtual world. That yes, we wanna, you know, share with the world what we had for lunch or you know our problems with our partner or our boss or whatever. Uh, and my words here are that we're becoming entrepreneurial managers of ourselves as we participate in this voluntary self-surveillance. So we're managing all the data about ourselves uh, and sharing that, and that's the sort of um, the attribution of the virtual world is that everything should be shared everything should be known uh, etc there's no privacy that kind of thing so the surveillance tactics of the circle in the novel are a symbiotic process whereby uh... the part of May that wants the the data was constantly uploaded uh... with no physical actual reality testing she's actually never paying attention to what's happening around her in the real world uh so no adult ego state access as she lived within the virtual world while while receiving constant injunctions directives and attributions from uh her employer the circle this external programming like an infant receives from their parent bypasses conscious awareness as as may works and lives within the physical and virtual aspects of this the circle she is inundated by the company's values through constant time on the machine devices, you know, th- thinking about this symbiosis, you know, what would it look like as a parent uh, taking care of or programming a little kid? It would be like following a kid around, just writing down everything they're doing. Oh, he sits down. Now he's uh, eating a sandwich. Everything is being written, uh, and then any any moment to themselves, you jump in and say, "Hey, you want to watch this video?" or "You want to look at this." Picture or here's a timeline memory. Uh, it's constant bombardment of uh, stimuli, which, in terms of script-based behavior, is just telling the kid: don't think, don't remember. Because any downtime, any second, uh, you pull on up the, you pull out the smartphone or the screen or whatever. Uh, there's no thinking on your own, and everything is recorded and measured, so you don't have to remember anything you don't have to learn anything and the, the kind of analogy of a parent writing everything down that the kid is doing you know, everything that's happening in the virtual world including me recording this podcast it's just uh, turned into information it's not noise like burn is talking about that's that's intimate you know how does your partner cross their legs or what do they do you know when they're uncomfortable like the gestures the behavioral stuff it's just information it's reduced to zeros and ones uh so it's actually written it's a code uh a language that's being written on the machine so when you pause as you scroll that pause is turned into language it's written so the machine understands that and can analyze that um information uh, turned into writing we're always writing um even we're not technically typing words or writing, the movements, what looks like animation and movement, is actually just code that's written and rewritten. I'm not sure if that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Hopefully some of this did. Again, trying to talk about intuition and how we're, of course, allowing the machine to take over all the thinking for us so we don't have to be practicing you know that intuiting uh, knowing without knowing kind of thing so that's this uh, episode of the podcast thanks so much for tuning in and i'll talk to you soon this is the subversive therapist with andrew archer